Hello, welcome to Healthish, your podcast from Body and Soul. I am your host, Felicity Harley. Indira and I do. She has hosted and reported on some of Australia's most respected current affair programs, including her current gig as host of ABC Radio's Weekend Nightlife. She has authored many books and she has a new one out called The Space Between the Stars. And she's here today to talk about loss, love and the magical power of nature to heal. Now, there is a trigger warning. We do talk about a suicide. Also, remember... We keep these healthish episodes short. So if you want to hear my full chat with Indira where she talks more about her journey through grief, search for Extra Healthyish wherever you get your podcasts. Indira, thank you so much for coming on Healthish. And how's your morning been? I see you've been, well, you've visited your tree, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I try to get in as in between all the crazy rain we've been having on the East Coast, but I try to get a walk in most mornings to the Botanic Gardens. And it is, I'm so lucky to have that in my backyard. I'm right on the harbour and that the beautiful, It's and it's quite wild in places. People don't realise it. It really does feel like you're right in the bush. And yes, my favourite tree, which features in my book, The Space Between the Stars, I went and sat under it and said, you better get used to a couple of fans coming and hanging around <laughs> taking photos of you. <laughs> Do you know what? After after going through your book, I actually feel like I need to visit this tree that you talk about. Let's talk about that in a minute. First, let's talk about grief. This is the, you know, the, the topic, I suppose, of your book. It's I yeah, mean, grief is a whole person experience. It affects everyone differently. How did it overtake you? Felicity, it was really interesting because for me, I've never had a big grief in my life before. This was my first big one. And in a lot of ways, I was very fortunate that this happened so late in my life. Uh, A lot of people have them as kids or teens, 20s. I had it in my mid-50s. And so I really had no history or appreciation or understanding. I'd seen other family members, other friends go through it. But that's the thing with grief. You don't know it until you're going through it and you're actually there. I had no idea. I thought, oh, you know, I've seen people lose parents. Yeah, I've seen people lose siblings. Yeah, okay. And then when you're in it, oh, my gosh, it's a completely different experience. It it sucks you into the, the biggest, blackest hole and it's this heavy blanket that descends on you and you feel like you're suffocating actually uh, at times. And of course, because my grief, because my sister took her life, it was a very sudden grief, which are the worst types of grief. There was no preparation. There was no, someone has an illness and they're slowly getting, you know, worse. So you're preparing yourself emotionally for an eventual loss. This was completely out of the blue. And on top of that, it happened during Melbourne's first lockdown. So we had just gone into COVID pandemic reality. And then this personal crisis happened in the middle of the sort of international crisis and borders all closed down. We couldn't visit numbers and funerals got restricted. Family members had to decide how many could go, who could be there, who couldn't. I mean, a horrific thing with no preparation at all. Um, so it was probably one of the most extreme whacks you could you could possibly yeah, get on top of what we were going through in the pandemic. And then I was hosting and, and still host a national television a radio show for the ABC, and I was starting to see mental health deteriorate, anxiety and loss, people not being able to see family and relatives across closed borders. So my work life and my 
personal experience and then just what was going on in the world, everything just seemed to mirror each other. It was a very, very bizarre time. Not the best time to be going through grief because there's no one to share it with. No. You're completely isolated. You can't see your family and friends. No one's allowed in your house. You're not allowed anywhere else. Um, and you, you're not sure about this virus. It happened at a time when we didn't know much. We all thought maybe we were all going to die. I mean, yeah, it, it was very uncertain, wasn't time. it? Yeah. I mean, it was. One of the beautiful things about your book is is you go through this very dark time, but then there's this light there, and that's nature. I mean, I just read a quote from your book. There are just so many more interesting things going on out there in the natural world than inside my head. I mean, this I love this sentence. It's such a beautiful sentence. How did nature help you heal? First of all, it was the only thing that I had. Interesting. It, it was always there. My urban nature, of course, has always been around me. The trees down the street, uh, the little weeds growing through the cracks, the puddles that form after the rain, feathers, you know, floating in the air. It's it's always been there. But I've been busy or distracted, like most people, uh, obsessed with my devices. And it was only until I had only this space. I had this five kilometres around me, nothing else, no one else. And I had time to just sit and be still with it. And I realised the beauty that I just ignored all around me. I didn't need to go to a wild crashing surf beach or climb a mountain. You know, I could uh, just see that weed growing in a crack and think, what life? How do you do this? How do you survive? I'm so fractured and broken with what I'm going through and you've got nothing. I mean, wh where do you get your food? Where do you get your water? How do you survive? <laughs> and, and the little weed just was teaching me about survival in a way that I didn't understand. And, of course, I stumbled across this tree. A yeah, tell us about the tree. Yeah, 150-year-old Morton Bay fig tree that – I remember just being exhausted one day and just collapsing and sitting underneath it. I was oblivious to it. I must have passed it so many times over the years, never noticed it. And this particular day, because I was just exhausted, I guess, from my grief, I just sat and then just noticed the sunshine coming through the leaves and looked at it genuinely for the first time and marvelled at its vast girth and these amazing roots that were flowing from it like dinosaur claws down the hillside and the canopy of leaves, it was huge, 20, 20 metres either side. And the way the light came through, the way the air and the noise calmed and stilled, I felt such amazing sense of peace and calm immediately and I thought, wow, what is this? And then this green radiance just spread over me and I just just fell in love with it. I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And after that, every morning I would go and as part of my walk, visit my tree, sit under it and just be with it. And I found what was amazing about it, Felicity, was that I was still finding the language for my grief. I didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling with who I could talk to. And that was really help, not helping me with conversation or, or, or sharing. But with the tree, I didn't need to speak. It didn't need to hear. I could just be with it and just sit. And that was so comforting. I didn't need to explain. I didn't need to go, oh, my God, now I have to explain why yeah, I'm, what's I'm going on quiet, and, yeah. or why I'm crying or whatever. <laughs> the tree just was happy with me to just to sit there which is such an important part of grief, to just sometimes just sit. And the other thing about what the tree was doing is was reminding me about 
what it had been through. You know, it was 150 years old. It had seen a lot of grief in its time. Where it sits Absolutely. on the hillside at Woolloomooloo, it had seen, you know, men coming for the gold rush and losing their fortunes, destroying their lives. It had seen young men leaving from the same wars to go to the First World War, some of them returning, uh, some of them not the ones returning broken completely. There were um, beautiful hollows. There were hollows in my tree that you can tell had been had fires built in them over the years. Oh, wow. So there had been homeless people who had been yes. living in my tree, as well as all the birds and the bugs and the ants that I saw. And I thought it had been this refuge for people for, for generations. I wasn't the first person to discover this thing about the tree. It knew stuff. It was wise. It could teach me stuff. And so every time I sat there, I know we didn't share the same language, but I could feel that strength and that resilience and that knowing and that wisdom feeding into me and it, and it was just healing me. And I, I realised that that is what nature is all about. It is here to heal us. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that sees a sunset and goes, yeah, yeah, I've seen better. <laughs> no, absolutely yeah, I've not. Gallery, I've seen better paintings than that. I mean, a great sunset, everyone is just in awe and wonder of. A rainbow, uh, a beautiful cloud, the shimmer of the moonshine on the harbour water. I mean, nature is beautiful in, in all its size and glory and, and miniature little things as well. And it's only when you stop and maybe grief does that. You know, the pandemic has done that for a lot of us. We've gone through anxiety and loss and that stopping and nature helps us be still and be quiet, reminds us of the beauty that is around us. And even when we've gone through very, very big losses in our lives, uh, nature shows us the cycle of life. There is there is growth and there is birth and there is death. And the leaves falling are a cycle of, of that, you know. So it's important also to remember that when you lose someone that, yes, you're not the first person to, to lose and to grieve and to miss. And you're not going to be the last person either. And nature can show you how to do it. it it accepts this is life this is death you can't have one without the other and i think that is also a struggle we don't think about death enough and so when it does happen in our life uh it it's a lot more seismic seismic than maybe it would be if we talked and thought about it more absolutely good advice and uh thank you for reminding us of the healing power of nature and for coming on healthyish my pleasure it's great talking to you if this chat triggered anything for you, please call Lifeline 131114 or log on to lifeline.org.au. There is someone on the end of the line 24-7. If you are interested in Indira's magnificent book, it is called The Space Between the Stars and it is out now. If you want more from us, head to bodyandsoul.com.au or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for listening to my chat with Indira and if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, Stay healthy-ish. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.